0: What is going on online fitness coaches, welcome to another episode of the Change Lives Make Money Online Trainer Podcast.
1: We are fucking amped. So today we're going to be talking about something that I probably shouldn't be saying we are amped about, but something that uh, happened last week. We're going to be talking about a couple near-death experiences. Now, everybody saw mine, right? The quote-unquote near-death experience. Now, I'm not going to consider it actually near-death, even though it was a very, very scary experience but there's something else that you guys haven't even heard about yet. Haven't even heard about So first off, let's rewind and kind of give you guys a blanket breakdown of what happened, why we were in Cali, and what was going on. So Brian and myself flew to California around February 16th, 17th, right? You flew on Sunday. Yep. Right. And I flew last Friday, so February like 17th or something along those lines. And we were going down there for two reasons, all right? Brian was going down there for two reasons. Actually, yeah, two half days. We're first going down there to see our mentor, Bejos Koulian, all right, fucking stud. If you guys do not know who that is, go look him up on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, et cetera. He's the mentor that we hire for $100,000 for the year to help us with our gym, help us with our business, and more. We get half-day sessions with him. So if you guys don't know what that means, we go down, we spend four hours with him in person, and we just learn about business, marketing, gym stuff, fucking brick and mortars, and more, all right? He is there to help us speed up our progress in life.
0: Long story short. Brian went there to also meet somebody else. What's his name? Yeah, so I went down there. So me and Cole went down there together because yeah. we were going down there to see Pedros. And then I also had a YouTube mentorship session with a guy named Rafa Kazi. It was actually helping me take my YouTube a lot more seriously. So Cole was set to go down there from, I think it was Friday to Sunday. And I wasn't. I didn't need to be in California for that long, but I scheduled mine from Sunday to Friday. Mm-hmm. So I was there for five days. Now, me and Cole were both going there for Pedros. But then me and Cole both had other commitments. Mm-hmm. And so my other commitment was I, had a, I wanted to do, meet my YouTube mentor. I'm with Lama and Callie. may as well be my other mentor as well. And then your other commitment was you were doing the project. Yes. So my other commitment was the MDK project. So if you guys do not know what that is, you can check it
1: out on Instagram, YouTube, etc. The MDK project is a 75-hour experience for men to help you break through your plateaus, level up in life, and more. Now, you guys probably have heard me talk about this before. Brian and myself have done podcasts on it where he's more of the hippy-dippy. I'm more of the... Near death experience guy <laughs> get shit beat down, beat out of you, etc. Well, here's the update. All right. I'm not going to express exactly what we are doing continuously in the time because I want to respect the project, respect what goes into it. I have a very, very high amount of respect for the individuals that are running it and the high-level instructors that have put it on in the first place. I'm going to give you guys a breakdown, all right. For some reason, my body couldn't keep up with what was happening. Two, give you guys an explanation. And it was on their Instagram story, these two parts. So I know I can share these without diminishing what they actually do in the project itself. There was two specific things that we were doing at the time where my body shut down. So project is a 75-hour experience. I was only around 12 and a half hours in based off of what I could calculate from when we started to where the Instagram stories were. I was in the hospital looking at the instagram stories like the time where i was on the story and the next thing you know i was gone i calculated around 12 and a half hours now what happened is at the time we were doing an army crawl now we were doing an army crawl through the mud the dirt the shale rock the hard ground something like they like to call the pit which honestly even though it sounds fucking weird and again i feel like this is just my mentality when it comes down to it it was fucking fun it was like a savage boot camp all right long story short through Cold exposure outside, because I think it was around 36 to 42 degrees Fahrenheit. I might be wrong. All right, don't jump down my throat at the time and the cold water that we were exposed to and the rain that was happening and the physical exertion that I was putting myself through while also not drinking my water properly, which I talked to a couple of the other instructors afterwards, and they were actually like annoyed that I didn't drink enough water because of the fact that they kept trying to tell me to, but I just got in this bullish mentality of grind, 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 my body shut down. I remember I was crawling, and the next thing you know, I couldn't move my arms anymore. Like I was just starting to seize up like crazy. Like I was getting like severe, severe painful cramps in my arms, my elbows, my wrists, my fingers. As you guys know, the reason why I was addicted to Percocets in the past as well is because I have horrible fucking forearms to the degree is when I used to wake up in the morning, when I lived with my sister, every single day, I know if you guys are in the audio only replay, you're not going to see what I'm doing, but I my hands look like claws almost, like my fingers would curl in and I wouldn't be able to move them. That's how I felt in the moment. So I rolled over my back because I couldn't fucking call anymore and I was like, what the fuck is going on? So. I called Kill, Uh, Kill is Steve, one of the instructors there, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong, I'm cramping up, I don't know what's happening, and then I was basically delusional, I don't even remember exactly how the next conversation went, but I requested an ambulance because I knew something was severely wrong, they stood me up, I was all over the place, like kind of like stumbling as they walked me to the little buggy, they got me back to the little garage, Byron, all right, fucking stud started to try to hydrate me because then I started profusely fucking shake as they were trying to get me dressed. They got me in an ambulance bed, drove me to the ambulance. I drove me to the hospital. When I got there, they took my temperature. My temperature was 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I don't know what that is in Celsius because I don't use Fahrenheit like a weirdo. I use Celsius, but it's hypothermic, right? My body was hypothermic. I had rhabdo. So they do a test called cretin- Thesis, if I am not mistaken, again, I am not a doctor. You guys can Google it. But once your levels hit a thousand, you technically have rhabdo. Mine were 8,970 for whatever reason. Again, a bunch of people think that that wasn't the case. I have the paperwork to show it. This is what happened. So I was hypothermic. I had rhabdo. And for some reason, my heart was just going the fuck off. While I was like basically sleeping in bed because I had no fucking energy, I was just profusely shaking, sitting there like staring at the ceiling, like falling asleep, my heart rate was 165 beats per minute. At the high, 145 to 150 beats per minute at the low. It got so severe within the first 12 hours of me being there that they put me in the ICU. I had shit in the bucket, by the way. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> that's a story that's going to come as well here. But yeah, they put me in the ICU so they could monitor my heart because as they explained while making me call my wife, which pissed me the fuck off, they were worried that I was going to have a stroke. So that's what happened to me. I did 12 and a half hours of the project. And even though I don't get why my body gave out so severely when other people's bodies didn't, that's what happened. And I was very disappointed. I was very pissed off. I was very angry at myself for whatever the fuck reason in the time, etc. But that's what fucking happened. I went down for the project
0: and that's it now. And so now, so from our end, so here's the water. Of course, yeah. So From our end now. So me and Daniel were down there. And me and Cole had just done our half day with Baidros. so we didn't get like a lot of time to spend together because we had the half day, and then Cole had to go meet up with the boys. So pretty much me, Cole and Daniel went down there and we did our half day with Bedros. And after that, I was just kind of on my own. Daniel was at the hotel with Cole and we just like we just went our separate ways. So we spent the next 24 hours, like we just worked, like me and Daniel were just working. We were just like working on our laptops in the hotel, et cetera, just like getting shit done. And just basically like I wanted to take all the information we learned from Bedros and like put it on paper. And so I went to bed early around Tuesday night. I went to bed at like 8.39 and I woke up. I did my morning ritual. And then after I was done my morning ritual, I still like woke up at 3.30 a.m. every day. After I was done my morning ritual, I checked my phone and it's from Cole. And or no, i was on my way to Starbucks. I checked my phone and it's from Cole. And he's like, I'm in the fucking hospital. I was like, what the fuck? So I like called him. I was literally on the way back to my hotel and I called him. I was like, and he called him again. Didn't answer. Called him again. Didn't answer. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was like driving back to the hotel, super anxious. I see Cole call me. I'm like, fuck. So I pick up the phone. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, and like, he literally sounded like death. Like it actually, like, it was like, it, it's, he's like, it's not good, bro. Like he's like, it's not fucking good. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm at Chima Valley. He's like, he had rhabdo, it was, it was his heart, it was his uh, hypothermia, and then when I went there, they wouldn't let me see him. Because they, cut, they said I had COVID. They said he had COVID. So then I get, I'm like, where the fuck are you? Like I'm coming right now. So I like, ended up driving there. It was like a 10-kilometer drive away. I drove there, definitely was speeding. And drove there and I like get up the fucking door and I'm like banging on the fucking window because I didn't realize I was so frantic but there was like two entrances and I didn't see the emergency one where it just like the doors were open. I was banging on the main door, I was like, let me the fuck in. And then I like left and I was like, oh shit. So I went in the emergency and I was like, my brother's here. And I'm like, he's like not doing good, he's in the hospital, et cetera. Like, I need to fucking go see him. And then they're like, You can't see him because you know he has COVID, that's a policy. And so like the nurse got on the phone, she's like, I cannot let you back here. I don't care what's going on. And I literally remember that moment and I was like. I was like so close to being like fuck you, you fucking asshole, but then I like maintained my cool. <laughs> she was cool, dude. She was cool. She was dope on my she ass. She uh, I was, enough, fucking, right? I was yeah. fucking so angry. So anyways, I go back to the car and I call Cole. I'm like, you're not gonna let me fuck see you, dude. Like, I'm like, I don't know. So basically, we had a conversation at that point, and he was like, I'm gonna be honest, bro. It's like not fucking good. He's like to the point where like when I looked up rabdo and rabdo is if you guys look at rabdo, it's like potentially fatal and. Can cause like disability, and so I'm like sitting here, and I'm like, and he's like having conversation. Like the way that he was talking was like making it seem like he thought he wasn't gonna get out of the house. Well, what happened? And the reason why, like,
1: fuck this doctor, bro. Like, don't fucking have conversations like this. I'm delusional at this point. Like, just sitting there getting cranked with a bunch of fucking medication because my heart was fluttering so high, guys. Again, I'm not trying to blow it in the other either. I'm telling you exactly what happened. Because my heart rate was so fucking high, they were jacking me full of this medicine to slow my heart rate down because they had no idea what the fuck was going on. And as this is happening, this doctor comes in and he's like, so I got to keep it straight with you. I don't like where your heart's at. So we're going to be putting you into the ICU. And there's a couple of things that I got to break down. Number one, who's your emerging emergency contact? Rob's well, like, Brian, I'm like, fucking do not call my fucking wife right now. And they're like, oh, you're married. I was like, yeah. They're like, okay, we can't put Brian down. We got to call your wife. I'm like, why? He's like, well, first off, we're worried you're going to have a stroke. And I needed to know right now that if you fucking stroke out, should I be putting a tube down your throat to keep you alive and you want to be resuscitated slash are you an organ donor? Like fucking excuse me? Like this elevated so fucking quickly, it's not even funny, bro. A minute ago, you were telling me I'm all Gucci, it's fine. And now you're like, oh, are you an organ donor? Do you want me to put a tube down your throat? Call your wife right now. I need to put you in the ICU. You're going to have a stroke. Things are not looking good. And I went in a fucking full panic mode. I was like, so should I be flying my wife down here? Like, is that the fuck you're telling me? As like, my heart rate's elevating even more. It's starting to hit like 170, 180, because now he's freaking me the fuck out. And he's like, it's not something that we're not going to tell you to do. We're going to get you in the ICU, and then we'll tell you what's happening. So then I'm on the phone with Brian, being like, I think I have to fucking fly Julia down.
0: Yeah. I was like, they're telling me that I should be flying Julia down, because they don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So we were like, so panicking, sitting outside the hospital, didn't know what to do. And... There's nothing we could do because they wouldn't let us into the fucking hospital at all. They wouldn't even let us see him. It wasn't even like, there wasn't even a conversation. It was like, go home. You can't fucking see him. And he's going to be here for a while and you're not going to be able to see him. So like our hotel was five minutes away. So I was like, whatever the fuck. So we just left. We're at the hotel, just kind of like waiting. And so like me and Daniel for the next few days, we're just playing the waiting game. Now this happened on Wednesday and my flight was scheduled to go back on Friday. So me and Daniel, like we both were under the assumption. We're like, he's going to get out by Friday for sure. So Wednesday, we're like keeping tabs on like calling like every hour on the hour. I'm like, how are you? How are you? How are you? And that I also, he also didn't want me to tell anybody. So I had to like go about my morning and like pretend like everything was all good. Yeah. Like I had a podcast yeah. and like fucking whatever. Finally, he tells social media. So we, we start talking about it, whatever. And then Wednesday night, I had a call with him. He's like, my levels are going down. It's looking good. So Thursday morning, I assumed that he was going to get out. Thursday morning, we had a call. He's like, my levels are still too fucking high. There's no way they're going to let me out. I'm like,
1: Fuck my yeah, house. my so level's
0: like, around... Uh, I think there were 3,000. thousand, five there's still around 5,500 to yeah. 5,000. Yeah. Yeah. So 5,000. So then I thought, okay, but from 8,000 to 5,000, there's a chance, a really big chance that he's going to get out by tomorrow morning. And then I called him. I'm like, do you want me to stay here? He's like, you can fucking stay. He's like, you can go. We've got Denny here, whatever. So, like, initially, I was going to go home. And then I thought, like, I wanted to go home and then I want to see Julian Cade. And then I thought about how fucked up it would be if I walked into your house without you to see Julian Cade. And I was like, no, I can't fucking do that. So called Kirsten. I was like, I'm staying in California for two extra days. Like I need to make sure that my boy gets home. And if anything happens on the plane, like I need to be there. So we ended up extending our stay. So Friday comes around and I'm now I'm leaving on Sunday. I told the guy that I was renting the car from that I wanted to rent it for two more days. And he said, that's cool. Friday comes around. Cole gets out of the hospital around like 2 PM. Yeah. So then yeah, yeah. right around Friday hit
1: and my levels were still around 3000 in the morning. I remember Ryan called me. and He's like, are they going to let you out this morning? And I was like, nah, man, my levels are still at 3,000. Thankfully, we had a fucking nurse change. Her name is Stephanie. If she ever watched my content, I fucking love you. Thank you. And she came in and my levels were still around like 2,700 midday. And at this point, I was fucking angry. Because at this point, guys, I'd already posted on my social media that I was okay. Because I was getting fucking flooded with messages. Because you guys know I'm transparent. I'm open. I shared that I was going to do the project with all of you. And I was on the stories with them. And the next thing you know, I vanished. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Where's our boy? So they all thought that I fucking either quit or something drastically happened because they're like, this doesn't make fucking sense. So I'm getting flooded. So I finally, I told Julie, I told Brian and then I told social media by Friday, I was dealing with a lot. Not only was I dealing with the fucking like self-destructive mindset of my own and being incredibly disappointed, but I was dealing with some fucking black from like old MDK project graduates who were like, bullshit. You didn't fucking, you didn't have rhabdo. You didn't have hypothermia. That's impossible. And I was like, do you really think I'd come to the hospital and spend $20,000 out of pocket because I don't have health insurance because I didn't want to get health insurance because I thought that was putting a bad fucking feeling out of the world? Yeah. I was like, are you serious? And I, don't get me wrong, I've moved past it now to a certain degree. There's still a part of me that is like, like it's like, fuck you, and it has unfinished business with it. And I'm like very, very like gung-ho and wanting to attack some of the individuals that have come at me. When it came to Friday, I was just mad. When Stephanie came in and she's like, I'm so sorry, we're going to have to keep you for another night. It looks like the doctor's leaving soon. I like snapped. I was like, fuck that. Go get him. I was like, bring his ass the fuck in here. I'm trending down right now. My heart is leveled out. You guys already passed me a cardio. I want to fucking leave. I was like, the only thing you keeping me here for another day is going to do is rack up my bill another $10,000 and let's be fucking real. All you're doing now is jacking me full of an insane amount of water and fucking extra water on the side. So let me fucking go. And she like left I had like a little conversation came back. And she's like, I'm letting you go. I'm done with this stuff. And you Check me out. So around 2 p.m., 3 p.m. on Friday, after i have watched all the boys graduate on the Instagram story, after I was able to see all that, which was very, very like, there's like love and happiness and like so proud of the individuals I got to know for the last six months, but also like a lot of like fucking sadness and fucking anger and frustration and everything else, knowing like I would have been there if I was able to push my body more, but I physically couldn't, but then I wouldn't have
0: with be. Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. Yeah, so we went out to we went oh, to see an Man, the it was a good movie. And uh, then we went home, and went to sleep. So next day we wake up and doing a little bit of work and me and the boys decided we're gonna go for breakfast. And when we're after breakfast, we hang out, we chill, we get some food. After breakfast, we're like, what are we gonna do today? Yeah. To- and we're like, we're like, what are we gonna do today? And like Cole did not want to do anything at all. <laughs> no, I was exhausted. He was like fucking exhausted. And I, I really, 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 really wanted to go see Bradley Martin's gym. Really, really, really bad. Because I'm like, we're in fucking L.A. It would be silly not to see zoo culture. Am I right? Like, it would be fucking silly. You almost didn't. I know. So, but we did. So, I decided I wanted to go see zoo culture. And not only did I want to go see zoo culture, I was like, Daniel, wait, come with me. I'm like, you should come with me. So, we ended up leaving breakfast. Cole went back to the house. Me and Daniel took the McLaren and we were driving to zoo culture. When we were driving on the road to L.A., it was like probably an hour and a half away or so. When we were driving and the highway was fucking busy and L.A. was raining like crazy, like the, tra- the rain was pretty fucking intense in L.A. I got hit by like a fucking snow rain hail storm and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the rain was pretty intense in L.A. And so me and Daniel are driving down the highway and going like 60, Highway super busy. And it's, it was really fucking hard to see because when you're on the highway, there's like a lot of like, when there's like a lot of rain that gets kicked up. Not only that, the L.A. highways are just like not well treated, they're just like not good. And so there's like a lot of potholes and shit like that. Anyways, me and Daniel are driving the McLaren, going 60 down the highway. All of a sudden, I'm like, we're driving and we're on, there's four lanes in the traffic. We're on the left, far left lane. There's far left, which is the HOV lane. Then there's third, second, first over here. So me and Daniel are driving down the fourth lane. All of a sudden, I'm like, I look at Daniel, I'm like, dude, the fucking back of the car is like pulling hard to the left. And as soon as I said that, the car started spinning out. It spun one, two, three. Three times. And, like, guys, while we're spinning out in the middle of traffic going 60 miles per hour, there's semis fucking whizzing by us. There's cars and trucks whizzing by us. One, two, three times. We ended up spinning into the side of the median. The back of the car hit the the side of the median. Boom. And then when the back of the car hit the side of the median, it turned around again. And then Daniel's side of the car, like where he was sitting, the car ended up tilting on its side. It bounced three times on Daniel's side of the vehicle while we were still going 60. Daniel's face was literally like fucking a couple inches from the cement, bounced three times, it hit the median again, bounced again, and then it landed perfectly right on the side of the road, right next to the HOV lane. And me and Daniel, like the car was like, obviously the car was total, but like me and Daniel looked at each other and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like we literally went from having a conversation and just being, just talking about random shit to our car completely spinning out in the middle of busy LA traffic going 60 miles per hour on a highway that was fucking packed and we were just, we just were sitting there fucking shocked, like both of us. I was like, are you like, are you okay? He's like, I I think so. He's like, my head kind of hurts. He's like, but like, I'm okay. I was like, holy fucking shit. We just fucking got into a car accident.
1: Dude, it was fucked. And at that time, so when we had separated, it was very fucking, it was ridiculous that this ended up happening too, because- when we, after breakfast, Brian and Daniel were both like, dude, you just got to the hospital, like we miss you so much, like let's hang out. And I was like, boys, I don't wanna do fucking anything. Like I literally don't, I just wanna sit in the hotel room. I was like, I might even go for a massage. I was like literally just to fucking fully relax my body because I was like tense, I was annoyed, I was super fucking gassed. I've been gassed literally for like the last week, etc. cetera. And I was like, I don't wanna do anything. I was like, go, you really wanna go. So when they left, I went and got a massage for like 45 minutes. Like guys, that's literally how cooked this was. Like 45 minutes, it was this fucking short massage ever. And it was just to relax my body, to like just completely calm down. So i go back to the hotel room and relax. If I get out, I open my phone, I've got five missed calls from Daniel, three missed calls from Brian, and then a text being like, we got in a car accident. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? Dude, I literally, I
0: could not believe it. I was like sitting there like in the fucking car, looking at Daniel and I was like, well, we gotta fucking call someone. I'm like, we gotta fucking call someone. So my iPhone, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you have an iPhone 14 Pro Max, They actually will have like they have like a car crash detection, and so when we got into a car crash, my iPhone just called nine one one, so I literally picked up my phone, and my iPhone was already calling nine one one. So we called nine one one. We're on the side of the highway, and like this is the fucked up part about the whole situation is that we literally were going fucking one hundred kilometers an hour, sixty miles per hour, in the middle of busy fucking traffic in LA, and middle of a rainstorm. Middle of a rainstorm, and me and Daniel both walked away from that car crash like unscathed. Like there was semis whipping by us while we were spinning out in traffic. So at any point, a semi could have just boom, like literally ran us over, like at any point. And they were going 100. There's no way they would have been able to stop. And like it happened in the middle of traffic. And so like to go through that experience and to have that car spin out the way that it did, and then to have the car land perfectly like inside the fucking meridian lane and like outside of the fucking reach of the HOV lane so that no car would hit us if it was in the lane properly was like actually fucking mental. Like, it actually blows my mind when I like look back and I look at where the car landed perfectly out of all the places. Well, do not
1: even that. So guys, I had an Alfa Romeo that we rented from Enterprise just so it was a simple car that Daniel could utilize. And then obviously they got the McLaren, right? If it would have been any other car other than the McLaren, it would have flipped over the Bernie and went into oncoming traffic. But based off the fact that it's a sports car, a hypercar,
0: and they are so low, they have a way lower tendency of fucking rolling. So when it kicked up on the meridian, it the low weight of the car fucking kept it where it was. Dude, I was 100 percent like, I don't like when I look back on that experience, I don't feel like I was, I don't feel like I thought I was gonna die, but I was hundred percent certain that we were gonna get hit by a truck. I was like hundred percent certain. I was like, I was literally bracing for impact because I was like, we're about to get fucking hit. I like I remember thinking that specifically. I remember like looking over at Daniel's face and like, I love you, Daniel. <laughs> His face was just like <laughs> it's not funny it's funny now that we're okay and everything's okay but like that shit was fucked bro okay. that shit was fucked and like and not even I just like I think it was fucked too because I'm like I didn't even know what the fuck was gonna happen because I'm like it's not like we're in Canada like we're in Canada it's like I have like a base idea I was like okay, we'll call the token blah 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 and then we'll go back to my house and we'll talk about it. everything's okay I have no idea where the fuck we are number yeah. one I don't know how the fuck the services work over here number two we're on the side of the fucking busy highway Number three, I'm like, how the fuck are people gonna get to it? And then cop shows up and you guys get in the backseat. What does he say to you? Oh, well, there, that was another, there's a whole other thing. So we ended up sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes and uh, waiting for the 911 services, et cetera. And it was like, it was a good 20 minutes. I called Curse, I called Cole, I called the guy that fucking owned the car. And I didn't post about it on social media because I'm like, it's not my car. and I, Like, I didn't want to fucking. I felt super bad. I called the dude and I was like, man, like, I literally like, there's nothing I could have done. I was driving in traffic and the car pulled hard to the fucking left and that was it. And that was like, there's nothing I could have done. And it's going to get covered by insurance, whatever. We called the guy, called the cops, called the tow truck, called hers, called Cole. We were just sitting there. I remember looking in the rearview mirror and then I finally saw like cop cars turning their lights on and I was like, oh, fuck, thank God somebody fucking found us. Cause I'll be honest, like, like me and Daniel stayed in the car because I'm like, we could still get fucking hit. Like, well, like there's, there's still a good chance that we could get hit. I'm like, we don't want to get out. So cop car ends up getting up behind us. He tells us to keep our seatbelts on because there's, he tells us to keep our seatbelts on, whatever. When we called the guy that, you know, that owned the car, he told us to get out and take pictures. So this is a funny story as well. I ended up getting out trying to take pictures, but the cop was like, get back in the fucking car. Like, this is very dangerous. He's like, there's a big chance that you could get hit. He's like, get back in your fucking car. So we couldn't even get pictures of the incident because of like how highly dense the fucking traffic was yeah. at that period of time and how busy the roads were. So we ended up getting in the back of the cop car until the tow truck came. And while we were in the back of the cop car, he's like, Oh boys, by the way, make sure you guys put your seatbelts on in case we get hit. And I'm like, What the fuck? You're <laughs> like, like, how that is that a possibility? I know. I'm like, he's got his lights on. He's like, there's still a chance that we can yeah, get it.
1: Like, so I get the call, finally get a hold of them. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You did not get in a car accident. I'm like, are you joking me? I was like, i have legit been out of the hospital like fucking 18 hours or something like that. I was like, this is a fucking joke, right? They're like, no, we got fucking in an accident. He updates me on everything, sends me photos of the fucking car. And he's like, this is where we are. And it was like an hour and fucking 15 minutes away from me. I was like, all right, fuck it. Just got in the car, started driving over there. And when I met up with them, they're just like, both of them are like zombie mode. Just fucking just exhausted. Dude, it's fucking... I think what happened is
0: we were so pumped full of adrenaline. Yeah. Like when that happened, we were just like full of adrenaline. We were like, our bodies were just like, fucking, holy fucking shit. And then when we realized that we were going to be okay, I was just like, dumb. dumb. Yeah, I was just gas. So I was like, man, the
1: adrenaline dump.
0: And then we literally were like, fuck this. And then
1: we <laughs> fucked a hotel room at the fucking mm-hmm. airport. And we did not leave. And we got the fuck out of everything
0: else. <laughs> Once at the airport, we're like, LA's trying to kill us. Yeah, we, like, we were gonna go shopping later that day and I like called I was like, we ain't going shopping. I was like, and not only that, I'm like, I'm not leaving my hotel room for the rest of this trip, right? It was fucking fun. Was, like, <laughs> California tried to fucking take you and California yeah. tried to take me and Daniel and the Canadian boys are getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right? It was uh,
1: fucking funny, bro. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was a fucking enlightening experience. And the reason why i wanted to share it today is just because I feel like it's very important to be grateful and like understand that you can take a lesson from basically everything. Take a lesson from everything that is fucking happening. I've honestly, guys, and I'll keep it real with you. There's been a big part of me that didn't want to talk about the fucking project in a big way based off of the fact that again, I don't take hate well. In the aspect of I'm good at cutting it out, but I don't take like hate in the aspect of shit talk well. And right now I've been getting a lot of shit talk from individuals that have graduated the project that aren't really doing anything with their lives, other than graduated the project and i have been quiet about it. I'm not gonna go too too deep into it but it's been frustrating me because my initial in, like my initial instinct instantly was like fuck you let's go do it again and right away but i now need to take my fucking wife's and brian's and everybody's feelings into account based off of the fact that the that doctor called my fucking wife and told her that i was gonna have a stroke on the table and i have a brand new three-month-old son so it's been a lot there's been a lot of emotions happening there's been a lot of uh debating in my mind there's been a lot of things going on and what I've been doing is I've been sitting down and looking at it and taking the lessons that I could from it, even though I was only in it for 12 and a half hours, people need to realize like I'm in a different state than a lot of individuals that join the fucking project. I'm already successful. I'm living an amazing life. I have a very solid structured fucking mindset. I have beautiful family. I have a beautiful fucking group of friends. So when I was doing it and we were learning the lessons and going through stuff, I was also observing everything that was happening in the project from like a little bit of a different lens. So when I was seeing the instructors yell and tell us to do stuff, I understood why they were doing it. I got it. I could see what was happening. And it was cool. Like, I learned a lot in the 12 hours I was there. I took a lot of lessons from it. Number one, the fact that my mind will never give up before my body. Like, my body will always give up before my mind, period. I I will push to the fucking limits. And it's cool to see... Like, what you're willing to do when you're not putting the fucking self-inflicted adversity on yourself. I think it's very easy to self-inflict adversity and push through. It's hard to push through when somebody else is telling you to do something. Because your initial reaction is just, fuck you, I'm done. But I was able to push through that and it made me very happy. Another lesson is just the fact that, like, at the end of the day, you are in control of your actions no matter what is happening. And the reason why I say that is because, again, I was fucking very annoyed. People ask me, like, why did you post the reel from the hospital bed? Why did you break that down? Because I fucking wanted to. And because, again, I'm an open book. I share everything. My family, my actions, my words, my businesses, my L's, my wins, my life on social media. So sharing that was just another layer of the fucking onion that I wanted to break down for people. And the lesson from it is to, again block out the fucking noise and focus on your purpose. A lot of individuals get thrown off their fucking path due to the noise of other people who have no idea what's going on in their life. Like I got so many fucking comments and statements from individuals, again, saying like, well, you didn't have hypothermia, you weren't cold enough, you didn't have rhabdo, that never happened. Motherfucker, I've got the documents for it. So I could sit there and be hung up on the words of individuals that have no idea who the fuck I am and what I've been able to do with my life. Or I can look at the facts and focus on what I can control. Did I take an L? Yeah, period. I don't give a fuck what perspective individuals throw my way. Did I take an L? Yes. Why? I didn't graduate. Did I learn a lesson? Or am I proud of myself for pushing myself to my breaking
0: point? Yeah, 100%. Mm. It's about looking at the perspective and taking a lesson. Yeah, and so number one is when he almost fucking died. I called him and I was like, you are never do that again yeah. because I love you and I don't care if you need to fucking prove to yourself that you're a man, but like, I'm not raising your son. So I, I would, if I had to, but I'd be very fucking pissed at you if I had to do it because you're a dumbass, thought you needed to prove yourself. So we had that conversation. And also like, guys, I told Cole, I'm like, this is the fucking brotherhood motherfuckers. Me and Cole, it's been me and Cole since day one. Me and Cole built Pete's domination. Me and Cole, the only motherfuckers still standing at Iron Energy. It's Brian and Cole. It's like when we go to the project, like I, like I got respect for Bezos. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, well, when we go there and people are asking us for leadership and mentorship, it's because we're doing the fucking thing. It's like we are the brotherhood. And so, like, yeah, like I understand why you did it and I'm proud of you for pushing yourself to that level, but like, I won't let you do it again. And I already talked to your fucking wife about it too. I was like, if this fucking kid tries to do it again, well, I'm like, it's not happening. That's number one. So, like, I don't care if you're like. If you like listening to this, you're like, oh, the pussy's not doing it again. Look at your fucking life. If you have better results than being cool, come at us, if not, then fuck off. That's how I feel, straight up, right? You got something to fucking say, show me the results that you have in your life. You're making more money, you got more success, you're living in abundance, cool, come at me. If not, then shut the fuck up. That's how I feel about that, number one. And number two, like the perspective of, bro, I, I honestly, like, I called it a near death experience in the podcast. I like, I think that, I don't actually think that I thought that I was going to die, but I definitely thought I definitely thought we were going to come out of that fucking more fucked Dude, that way. is one hundred percent a near death experience. I coming was from yeah. like I, I'm going to make sure that I say that right quick.
1: Like I've gone through an accident like that. Yeah, I did that. Sixteen years old, fucking yeah. smashed into the ditch with a fucking blazer, flipped onto the roof, rolled four times, and hit a tree,
0: yeah. and it came out exactly like you got That is one hundred percent a near death experience. Yeah, I was uh, I was some pretty scary shit, and I think coming out of that made me like. I think it honestly made me more grateful, which sounds super fucking weird to say. But I was like, it made me more grateful because like looking at Daniel and being like, he's okay. And then like looking at myself and being like, I'm okay. And then just like realizing I'm like, we're gonna be okay. It was I made me more grateful. And obviously I was I am the same way. Like I was afraid to share it because well, number one, it's not my fucking car. And so I didn't want to go on social media and be like, look what I fucking did. And so I felt I felt super bad. And I called the dude and I was like, I'm sorry. And he actually was like, super good about it he's like bro there's nothing you could have done he's like i'm just glad that you you and your family are safe which was really fucking cool and i was also just like i feel like i also just vulnerably like i feel the same way like when people like hate on me and i feel like that would just like i feel like because we're successful people like look for like when we fall and they're like they're waiting for us to fall and then when we fall they're like ha and i feel like i was afraid to share the fucking mclaren story too because i was like i don't want to fucking deal with that shit i'm like I was honestly super vulnerable too. Like after that like accident, I was like super emotional. And I, like, I was I felt so guilty because fucking I brought my little brother Daniel that I always make fun of, but I still love him very much. And I felt just guilty that I brought him. And I felt like I just felt like I was like, how the fuck? I'm like, and what are the odds that this happens on the day that I stay after? And then I was angry at the universe because I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> hey, I fucking stayed to help my friend. What the fuck is wrong with you? And yeah, I was like angry at the fucking world. I, just, I, I, used to play. I was in a weird place. After that. Dude, everything that aligned for that
1: to happen was the fucked up part. Like, so again, with myself, like one of the reasons why I was so frustrated wasn't even the aspect of like individuals hating because I'm used to that shit. All right. I don't deal with shit talk. Well, I deal with hate. Well, what I mean by that is. Hate from strangers and individuals on the internet is going to be happening no matter what. And I'm a very abrupt and aggressive individual in my message, in my delivery, in my content, in my everything across the board. I'm very aggressive and abrupt. I don't deal with shit talk from individuals that have no idea what they're talking about. What I mean by that is, I honestly think it trickled down from the instructors a little bit, even the even in the aspect of like I've got mad love for all the instructors: Ray, Steve, Byron, Pedro's. Be- then Nick Guy's got dope ass content, but I have no idea who he is. So I've never actually like consumed a shitload. of have just seen and Joe Rogan. I got love of them. Right? They're dope as fuck. But there was a, this weird aura that I was going into it for the wrong reasons and nobody knew why I was doing it other than you. Hmm. Other than you and Julia, like maybe Daniel and Jax, because you guys are around me all the time. Like, I never talked about why I was doing it on social media. I never expressed it. Hmm. But everybody was like, he's going into it for the wrong reasons. Like, he's going into it for the clout. And like that was one thing that triggered me. Because I'm like, motherfucker, like the only person who's got clout out all like, I felt like what do you mean? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, like that really fucking frustrated me. And it, but the fucking craziest thing is just how everything lined up the way that it did. It was like so great, and then it was so not. <laughs> Got there like three days early just yeah. because me and Danny wanted to get climatized, and we were filming a bunch of content, which again, I'm not going to even share why, which a bunch of people were shitting on me for, but I'm gonna keep that fucking low-key. We got there three days early to film content and more and then fucking next thing you know, fucking the homie Wes Watson hits me up and we're at his mansion. And we're fucking eating food. Me and we are shooting content together and shooting the shit doing business. Let we see Pedros and it went absolutely amazing. We yeah. got so much insight. It was a great fucking time. And then we do the project and everything goes to shit. Like literally instantly. Then Brian's like, I'm going to stay a little bit later, which he was already going to leave. And then because he stays later, he gets in a car accident, which triggers everything else. It was just fucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For it all to
0: line up like that, it's just, it's weird how the fucking universe works, dude. And then, and now, just to be sitting in this office and being like, "Oh, now we're chill. Everything's all good." Now I'm back home, my beautiful
1: wife, my beautiful baby boy, got to see him. Just laughing like crazy. You got a ass head. All ah, right, that's it. You got big as fuck. I'm like you're all healthy now. Back home, Daniel's filming right now. Say
0: hello. Hey,
1: there you go. It's fucking weird. Though. Dude, when I like when we were drove
0: back when we were driving back to the hotel on Saturday, I literally thought to myself, "I'm like, how grateful am I that I'm like driving back to a hotel and not a hospital right now?" Mm-hmm. Wow. Guys, that's fuck. it. Those are our near-death experience. And like for me, I'm just grateful for my fucking life. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that uh, I'm unscathed. And I'm grateful that uh, the universe or whatever the fuck up there was looking out for me because to come out of that completely unscathed in the middle of busy LA traffic and fucking semis was bias in the middle of a fucking rainstorm and to completely out unscathed, I'm just like, holy fuck. I don't know who's looking out for me, but thank you. Y'all, yeah, I'm grateful that you guys are alive
1: because that is straight up a near-death experience. You guys almost flipped over the fucking that's fucking insane i'm grateful back home Uh, i'm grateful that my body didn't take too much of a beating even though i'm just fucking resting right now and i'm pushing it that i got to fucking wake up with my beautiful wife and my beautiful baby boy this morning the end of the day guys there's a lesson in absolutely everything everything no matter how hard your life is no matter what the fuck is going on no matter what trauma or roadblocks you are currently facing i need you to understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel so no matter how dark everything seems right now, you will get through it as long as you stay true to yourself and you don't victimize what the fuck is going on. There's crazy shit that happens on a daily basis. All right. Last week, we were fucking walking examples of it. All right, Shit that we never would have expected to happen, ever in a million years, but we can't control what life throws at us. But we can't control how we react to it. Yep. Let's fucking go. We out. Check us out on the podcast. Subscribe. Where they find you be. Change lives, make money on the podcast. And And... I can do right, Mark. And you all know Cole is the cell on motherfucking everything. Alright, guys. Peace.